From across time and space and throughout the multiverse, listen as two generations of comic book readers come together to discuss a single character or event that shaped pop culture as we know it. Let Your Geek Side Show presents Then and Now with Susan and Kitty. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Susan. And this is Kitty. And today we're touching on the topic of a Marvel mutant whose powers make her misunderstood in many ways. Uh, Her powers are absorption and are often dangerous, so she distances herself from others in order to keep them safe. Still, she has the sweet Southern charm and will never stop fighting for what's right. (laughs) I attempted it once. I'm very proud of you. (laughs) Get ready to absorb some new information because it's rogue then and now. (laughs) I contemplated putting the word sugar in that somewhere, but I Oh my god! Gonna kill me if I I put that in there. But she's—I mean, she says it all the time. I think, yeah, I think everybody who who knows a little bit about Rogue, and if you don't know a little bit about Rogue, then guess what? Now you know. Yeah, you're gonna learn. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Um, (laughs) Rogue. Rogue. Okay, so I will admit, because uh, I'm doing the now section, so I do have some some really good now stuff for Rogue, but my perception of the character is completely colored by the animated series. Okay, good. Da-na-na-na, oh da-na-na. my God. Oh, I got really You thought nervous. I was going to say the live action movies. I thought movies. you were going to say the live action movies. <laughs> and you wouldn't be wrong. And like, there's some good rogue stuff in there, mm-hmm. but they like didn't have her absorb any sort of, you know, like, because she absorbs Miss Marvel's powers. And right. She can like, do a whole bunch of other things that she that Miss Marvel can do. So, to me, that's like the '90s rogue, mm-hmm. like '80s rogue. Like you know, she debuted as a villain. No, I did not yeah, know that. She debuted as a villain in like um, an annual. I forget which one. Let me look. It's, it's in my notes. Hold on. Cool. It is Da-da-da. the Avengers annual. She and she uh, and I mean, if you think about it, her powers could go either way. Absolutely. Um, but and that also lends to the misunderstood factor of like oh, yeah. it. Are her powers that dangerous that she should be a villain or is she? Her powers are really dangerous and they're really uh, sensitive Mm -hmm. and like very, her powers are really powerful, but like they are. Um, (laughs) It's like a stupid thing. It sounds stupid to say, but they are because um, she's one of those high level mutants that just, she can't, she can't uh, control them as well, right. especially when like everything that you touch, you absorb in some way or another. Right. So there's there's no real like scaling it back, like just a little light yeah, absorption. Exactly. And I, I think for those who who may be unfamiliar with Rogue, like when we say absorb, like she can steal and drain other people's memories and yeah. powers, their psyches. She can put people in comas just yeah. by touching them. Yeah. So it's, when we say absorb, like it's it's yeah. absorbing powers. <laughs> But it also it's helpful when you when you need a mutant to have two duplicate powers, like then everything becomes twice mm-hmm. that in terms of like fighting. But at the same time, you know, it's it must be really difficult to walk around knowing that every time you touch someone, you will be hurting them mm-hmm. like actually. Yeah. And, and so that that means not not even like a handshake. How do you do like a light? Not bump even a the, high five. Not even fist a high bump. five. Yeah. So. Oh my goodness! Yeah, she can't. She can't form some of those connections with people. Even because like it makes me. It, Rogue used to make me so sad. Like even as a kid watching the '90s cartoon, mm-hmm. it made me so sad to think about like she loves this person, but she can't even hug mm-hmm. them unless she's completely covered, and she like she'll never know like what it would be like to like hold someone's hand like that right. way, or just like give someone a hug and know that they're like really there. Mm-hmm. She yeah, she's always struck me even even with the '90s cartoon. Um, she's a very tragic figure. Oh, for sure. But some sometimes it's easier to f- it's 
it's not always present. It's not like she's always a woe is me character. I oh, mean, she does view her powers as a curse, but she does have that undeniable Southern charm and wit that does play so well off of so many of her teammates. Oh, I I agree. And and while her she is a tragic figure, she's also an incredibly strong one mm-hmm. because to be able to overcome everything that she has overcome. It, it takes a, a strong person to be able to have that type of power. Absolutely. Because if you can't, if you can't have that, you can't have that power without the strength of, of character, mm-hmm. you know? So to me, that's something that I always thought is that like, she can still love very deeply and connect with her teammates and like have these insanely close friendships and she doesn't hurt them. And she, she has to, she has to keep her distance physically, but like mm-hmm. it makes her more emotionally open, which is kind of like a great example to see like such a a present character in a world, like an emotionally present character in a world where, you know, mutants exist and like there's <laughs> tons of sentinels coming down and there's alternate timelines and there's like, you know, like uh, all these different things like mm-hmm. portals and various um, like dimensions and things like that where you... Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Like it, it sometimes it it's can refreshing. Seem, yeah, it can seem so fantastical that to have a character who is grounded and able to connect with her emotions in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but but it also is interesting though that her her powers do because you mentioned mutants exist. Yeah, obviously she is a mutant. Uh, to be kind of even a pariah among mutants, or kind of even when she ostracizes herself physically from others, like to be a mutant who's already shunned by society to have that extra level is, is something that she has to overcome. Mm-hmm. And, and she does with, with grace and absolutely mostly good humor. Hmm. <laughs> so if, if, uh, are, are there any classic moments that you want to, Oh my gosh, I'm trying to like scroll through them <laughs> right now. She's rogue. Doesn't usually have like a solo type series right. or title. She tends to work on a team. Right. Uh, so to me, like, you know, when you, you have like, um, even her just, most recent series was a team up with. Yeah. <laughs> like uncanny X-Men all through the eighties. Um, to me is like rogues book, even though it's like <laughs> not actually, but, uh, that's always what I think. Anything. I, I keep bringing him up in various podcasts, but Chris Claremont is a genius mm-hmm. and possibly my favorite of all time. <laughs> um, but he's rogues creator as well. And, to think of just someone creating a character that can never touch anybody else mm-hmm. is crazy to think about. But like the way she adds to teams, it she's irreplaceable, especially on the X-Men team. Like having her knowledge and her availability and her emotional um, presence and her accountability, because that's the other thing about Rogue is like she has... Th- like some like a conscience, like a very mm-hmm. very clear conscience that is always um, pointed towards something that's like good. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she's introduced as a villain always like it's like a weird piece of trivia that baffles <laughs> me uh, to this day. But if you think about it, absorbing the energy and putting people in comas and all that dangerous side of her power absolutely could make someone a villain. But the best. Especially if you see your powers as a curse. Yes. And she does. But I, I always think the best heroes and the best villains have like one choice that made them that way. Mm. Like the one bad day villain or the like, like cho- this could be the worst thing that ever happened to me, but I'm choosing 
to have it not be. Right. And Rogue is that character, especially right. on the X-Men. Yeah. I, I mean, in, in recent stuff, she's been on the Uncanny Avengers team, actually, as part of the Avengers Unity division. And in more, um, more modern comics, that unity is not only between humans and mutants, but they're also trying to incorporate the inhumans because those are another facet of Marvel society that is misunderstood. So this Avengers mm -hmm. Unity Division, um, the, the series is Uncanny X-Men, but that's what their team is called, uh, the Unity Division. They they really want to bring together all the different types of Marvel characters. And even the, the mutants and the Inhumans misunderstand each other oh, constantly. quite frequently. Well, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, for those who are unfamiliar, the the process through which an inhuman is awakened is called terogenesis, and the process of terogenesis is lethal to mutants. And so in... If someone is born a mutant, mutant and then goes through terogenesis, then they, they, not so great. Yeah, they get... <laughs> well, I mean, terrible, terrible things happen. Yeah. But but there was an instance recently where um, the, the terogen mists were clouded over the world, and Rogue had to actually put herself through the Terrigen clouds to save other mutants. Mm -hmm. And then she had to uh, undergo injections and um, treatments to stave off. I, I'm i not sure if she contracted the, the I think it was like M-pox or whatever, mm. but, but there's, there's different yeah, yeah. ways that the symptoms manifest in different yeah, X-Men. Yeah. But to save the lives of other mutants, she willingly put herself in danger and then was like, okay, this is something I'll have to survive so that more of my people can withstand and and survive in this world that's so. like rogue in a nutshell <laughs> it's like i will put myself between this and this so that this can happen like even when you bring in the movies like in the days of future past rogue cut like she puts herself in danger mm -hmm. so that they can continue the mission with wolverine in the past mm -hmm. so that's just who she is i feel <laughs> like and then if you think about like you know the animated series she was always on the front lines, first running, like even in the credits, she's like the first <laughs> one running towards them. But uh, it's and she's always got something sassy to say too. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, she has to. She has to express herself in so many other ways because she has. She lost so many Southernisms. <laughs> she lost one way to express herself. She has to do it in every that, other possible that way. That is absolutely true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I like when she tells Cyclops that. It, and I'm gonna butcher the phrase, but it's like you look more nervous than a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Like oh my the, gosh! Just those, just those southernisms that you're like, wait, what? Oh wait, that makes sense. But, <laughs> but coming from Rogue in the in the animated series, it's just it's so funny. That's amazing. <laughs> I feel like you can't talk about Rogue though without talking about like one of the most significant relationships in her life. I don't think so. Let's let's uh... considering that like <laughs> you were talking to me about the, her most recent team up which mm -hmm. was with gambit mm -hmm. uh, absolutely so how did how did the, i haven't read it so you have to explain to me explain to me okay well yeah the plot. no uh, if anyone I, and i think because i'm actually i haven't read a ton of rogue comics but as far as i can tell the the ro it's called rogue and gambit ring of fire by kelly thompson oh um, kelly thompson and the art is by Perry Perez and Frank D'Armada. Um, and it is it is a mini series, five issues collected. The trade is out now. And it is so gosh darn charming. But I felt like I got a really good sense of of the character's history because it it deal the whole arc deals with memories and um, Rogue actually gets this choice presented to herself and and it has come up in the animated series as well. Um, where she has a 
a point to maybe take a clean slate and she can get rid of some of her emotional baggage. And yeah. But that would also mean getting rid of her powers. And if she chooses to uh, get rid of her powers, she will not get out of the danger in this instance. So she and Gambit have this long discussion about we got to take all of it, the good and the bad and the emotional baggage. Um, but it's it's this fantastic little self-contained series um, where Kitty Pride uh, sends <laughs> Kitty Pride sends Rogue and Gambit to a mysterious island called Paraiso, where a bunch of mutants have been disappearing, and it's and it's this health and wellness spa kind of thing. But they all come back. I a little. do not trust health and wellness spas. Oh no! In the mountains or on islands? <laughs> I have seen too many horror movies. Oh no! And this is absolutely. It turns out. Uh, who who would have known that this remote island where mutants are disappearing is actually a bad place? Oh, so yeah, that sounds like a great place for mutants to go. It's a really fun exploration of the characters, and I don't want to give away too much because it's really great, but there is, there's some shenanigans with clones, and you get to see the full scope of uh, not only Gambit, but also Rogue's incredible uh, costume evolution because all their clones have a different version of their costumes. That are, fr- that are from the classic comics. What? It's amazing. And then they have to fight all those clones like you do. What? But I, w- I don't want to spoil it, but it's, it's really fantastic. And, th- and there was a line um, that Kelly Thompson included I, that, I think, that I think kind of touches on the, the heroism that we wanted to, to highlight. Like Rogue will put herself between mm-hmm. other people. She says, I'm afraid of forever. Every day I fight for everyone's futures but my own. And uh, she's telling this to Gambit because mm-hmm. she's saying, you are forever. And so I'm afraid of you, and that's why I run from you mm-hmm. because I'm fighting for everyone's futures but my own. And then, and then it gets really cute, and Aww. and it uh, and if people read X Men Gold Thirty, there was a special. I don't know if I want to spoil it. It's it'll have been out for. Oh a while my gosh, now. it's totally spoiled and all over the internet. Okay, okay. I guess Marvel <laughs> spoiled it too. So Marvel spoiled it before the issue. Not Marvel, but who was it that spoiled it before the issue came out? I don't know. There was an internet source that did. And we were both very angry that day <laughs> because both of us wanted that Colossus Kitty Pride wedding. As you say, both and both com- both companies that had major summer weddings spoiled their twists early. I but know. Why did they do that? Anyway, anyways, not the point. I was going to say, if if you read that that twist, uh, the X Men Gold Thirty, you'll know that Rogue and Gambit decided to get married, and now they are Mister and Mrs X, and there's going to be a new series yep. following their married adventures. But that directly spins off of what they learned from each other and and kind of overcame in Rogan Gambit Ring of Fire. So awesome. that that one is a must read and it it just encompasses the whole scope of their relationship and their perceptions of each other. So you talked about her costumes. Yes. Big hair, don't care. I oh. <laughs> see it's so funny. I know that most people like associate the big hair and everything, but like I was the Jim Lee classic. Well, that's the right? Jim Lee and that's the animated series and like mm-hmm. everything but i always like the 80s style where she has like just the long simple southern hair with the white streak mm-hmm. um i also like that costume like the all black with the like 80s off the shoulder green top and mm-hmm. she's wearing the black gloves and she kind of has like the madonna chains on her and stuff yeah. like that um but rogue is also like known for her looks and because her costume when you have, changes when you have to cover yourself up to make sure you don't accidentally come into contact with other people you get to she at least gets to have some fun with some really cool costumes i was just thinking about the like heat wave in la and how terrible that would be for rogue Ooh. <laughs> just having to be covered up the entire time but then i also always think about like savage land where like rogue is basically not really wearing anything she's like a <laughs> jane and 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 just like like cave woman type gear mm-hmm. um and what that must have been like right for, for like in terms of like oh don't touch me oh don't touch me um yeah 
Yeah. And, and I mean, there are some instances, I mean, the, the control, the amount of control she has over her powers has fluctuated in recent years for, for story writing purposes. I mean, usually when you encounter rogue, she doesn't have control of her powers and that's a, that's a point of contention in the story because she mm-hmm. has to somehow distance herself from teammates. But mm-hmm. there are some instances where she's slightly more in control. And then you have instances where she like teams up with Mystique who like completely wants her to embrace her powers because that's like what Mystique's all about. Mystique mm-hmm. is all about like, this is who you are. This is who you're always going to be. You cannot change that. So you might as well move forward with mm-hmm. it and having like mystique as this mother figure and in some cases her actual mother maybe maybe not but it's comics comics so everybody <laughs> yeah I, I love whenever you explain comics to everyone because you're like um well mystique is rogue's mom but like not actually her mom but could be her mom but possibly made from her dna so sometimes <laughs> she's anna marie raven because of Raven. anyway yeah um but that's something that i like where you have <laughs> it's interesting that rogue's powers are absorption mm-hmm. because when you think about her and this might be one of our through lines for her besides like her always choosing to put herself between the, mm-hmm. But this kind of goes hand in hand with that because um, Rogue also sort of absorbs who she's around. Mm-hmm. So whatever storyline they're putting her in, when she's with Gambit, she can kind of almost be her truest self because she's empowered and he loves her exactly the way she is and does not care about the change. And he also has that, he's got that Louisiana Creole charm. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> Gambit's like Gambit's Bay. Like there's no way <laughs> you can like get over him. I mean, come on. But then when you have her, you have her most of the time, like not in control of a situation until she is. So it's like until she has to step up and be a leader of an, of like an, the uncanny X-Men or be some sort of like gatherer of mutants um, or be the person who steps between the cloud and the in- and the rest of her people during mm-hmm. the whole Inhumans scenario. Um, until you have that happen, Rogue isn't exactly in control. And then, like I said, and then she is. Mm-hmm. And then when you have her paired up with someone more like Mystique, you have her paired up with the person who's like the ultimate opposite of who Rogue ultimately is, who like will not put herself between uh, mm-hmm. the cloud and her people. The person who like goes into hiding like because she's she out sh- for herself. Because she's out for herself. So to put those two as a pair up to me is always so interesting because um, Rogue like adopts that part, like mm-hmm. certain parts of Mystique's, but she she leaves a lot of it. Like she she will never be selfish, but she will take that acceptance of who she is to go forward. Right. And and what you were saying about being selfish, like when I think of Mystique, who's who's benefiting from Mystique's shape-shifting powers besides Mystique? I mean, she's I mean, she's I mean, sometimes a team, but sometimes but a team only of in like very specific <laughs> Yeah, but also in very specific scenarios that they have concocted on their own terms. Right. But Rogue <laughs> also has a set of powers that in the wrong hands could be extremely self-serving, but oh, she yeah. never Yeah, she never chooses to use her powers like, "Oh, I'm going to absorb this person's power because I'd like to see what it's like to be this hero for a day." It's yeah. it's if it's in those moments where she or she has to absorb yeah. it's it's because i need this strength to save someone else or to save yeah. everyone around me right whereas mystique's like i'll imitate this person it's because it's the one bad day hero yeah. you know like uh, or the one good day hero like <laughs> and put put in any other scenario with any other type of person someone not as strong not as willing not heroic 
you wind up with the type of person who's like, I'm mad at you, so I'm going to take all your energy and put you in a coma. <laughs> like, Right. <laughs> and, and so as, for much as, as much as she thinks her powers are a curse, even when presented with those options to wipe her slate clean and, and possibly cure herself of her powers or get rid of them and the emotional baggage, Rogue always says, no, I have to continue to be a hero and I'm I'm the one who will live with this and have to handle it. And it's it's interesting to think about that as well because of the what you you said like I'm what what was that Kelly Thompson quote? Like I, I I'm afraid of forever. Every day I fight for everyone's futures but my own. If she wipes her slate clean, she could wind up being the opposite of that. You know, she could wind up being like she could have a future, but she would only it would only be her future she mm-hmm. could protect. And and in that case, she might not even have a future. Exactly. And then when you think about the comparison between her and Mystique, if she wipes her slate clean and she goes backwards, she could wind up the selfish. She could wind up the evil mutant. She could wind up. And if, where she, she, if she did, she could devastate the Marvel Universe. Exactly. So, I mean don't do this Marvel, but like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's always fun to see in those instances where she does have to absorb someone's powers. If, if the powers are physical, it, it also reflects on rogue. Yeah. Um, in the, in the rogue and gambit ring of fire, there's a really cool moment where she does have to absorb some powers that change uh. the way she looks. And it's actually pretty funny. That's but, hilarious. Uh, awesome. It's it, yeah. So it's, that's, that's even just a fun cosmetic side effect to her powers. But so if fans are looking for some, modern type rogue stories what would you recommend kitty absolutely have to do rogue and gambit ring of fire i mean it's it just got collected um in july and it because it delves into the subject of memory and her powers and what would happen if she wipes her slate clean and there's plenty of gambit which is always a plus um i I think it's a really really good actual introduction to the character um and then otherwise pick up x-men gold number 30 if you want to see the wedding twist and Um, then mr and mrs x are coming out and then um i think i think the series began in 2015 but that uncanny avengers Mm -hmm. when she joins the avengers unity division because she does lead the team for a while which is pretty cool yeah i like seeing her as a leader um, so what so, about classic? So some classic rogue stories. You're going to want to pick up um, Uncanny X-Men throughout the 80s. It has some great just like team stories with her. I have to go back now and see when she was introduced as a villain. Yeah, I mean, so it was in the to Avengers too. Um, 1981, Chris Claremont. Uh, that It was the annual. So the 1981 Avengers annual. Anyway, um, Astonishing X-Men Going Rogue is another really <laughs> good storyline. That one's, uh, I believe, from the early 2000s. So it's a little bit more recent, kind of more in your now mm-hmm. scenario. But it is a very like rogue-based story that um, you can really get a sense of who she is and her choices that she makes throughout the X-Universe. Mm-hmm. So, And yeah. the uh, X-Men animated series is never a bad yeah, place to go. it's never, never. <laughs> I believe it's all on Hulu now, isn't it? It's on is one, it? It's on a streaming device, but not Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I have to find it. That theme song is that was so my first like pop like what was it called like the when you could you know when you first got a cell phone there was like the the beeping mm-hmm. and then as soon as it could be an actual song mine was that ringtone yeah it was a ringtone but like when it first um when you could first get like a song as a ringtone it was like oh, a okay. monotone like a monotone beeping sound oh like, okay. like you could only do like the Pink Panther where it was like bop 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 like and then but uh or you could do um but like as soon as you could do actual real songs as your ringtone mine was like the x-men it was on a motorola (laughs) razor so just so you know i'm pretty cool like that (laughs) 
Um, so never underestimate the super strength of Southern charm. While she might think her powers are a curse, this fan favorite mutant is one of the mightiest X-Men and her story has touched the lives of many Marvel fans. Thank you so much for joining us today because that is Rogue then and now. This has been Then and Now. For more ad-free pop culture news and content, visit geeksideshow.com. Thank you for listening and don't forget to let your geek side show.